Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. Wouldn't you agree? I got $5. This is a run to the left. How many tackles can one man break? You're saying that humans need fantasy to make life bearable. Humans need fantasy to be human. Ooh, my goodness, that was good. You guys are pros. The bats, relentless, refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Fantasy Flex podcast. Week number six, the night shift episode. Everybody playing those Sunday night, Monday night DFS slates. Also got another, yet another, London slate. I'm your host, Chris Raybon. Uh, and here to break it down with me, one of the most accurate fantasy football rankers and projectors in the game, the odds maker, Sean Kerner. Sean, what's going on? What's up? Is this game actually in London? I thought it was in like, oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, we got uh, one more London, London and, then, and then we got then, a Germany game coming up. Okay, so week seven also has a 6.30 a.m. game too? I believe so. Okay. Uh, is that, isn't that the Bengals-Dolphins one? We, we No, the, uh, was it Chiefs-Dolphins, I think? Oh, yeah, that's right. We got a really good one coming up. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, we have these nice. all October. All October. I, I don't mind them anymore. Bring them on. Let's see. No, no, that is... Week Let's eight. See. Week eight. So week seven. Week seven, we're clear. So week eight. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> week eight, we come back with a game in. No, no. Actually, week wait, nine. Wait, wait. Week nine. No, no, no. It's week, week ten, nine's no, Dolphins kidding. Chiefs, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we have two weeks off of London games after week seven. Uh, and then, gotcha. yeah, Dolphins Chiefs, really good game yeah. in Frankfurt Stadium, Frankfurt week nine. Uh, so that's just a really good week. Week nine, you have the Chiefs Dolphins game in the morning. You have Buffalo Cincinnati, uh, the Sunday night game. So uh, yep. Dallas Philly uh, in the uh, in the in the late window. Ooh, nice. So good, uh, some good matchups that week. But uh, we're getting ahead of ourselves here. We're still on week six, uh, and Ravens Titans is the matchup. So let's get into. Uh, Let's get into that one. We have the Titans, uh, four-point underdogs. The total is 41. Uh, luck rankings. Uh, Baltimore's been the fourth unluckiest team. Not surprising with all those drops. So it has to be. <laughs> uh, but the interesting thing about this one is the the total, the luck total for this game uh, is five, you know, plus five. So, it, you know, kind of pointing toward the over. Both of these teams have been kind of un. Unlucky mm. in terms of uh, their, their scores in their games. Lucky? No, no, you don't want to add anything. Oh gosh! <laughs> if, okay. if you say so, yeah. No, oh. I was just I was looking at like <laughs> I was looking at like the red zone touchdown percentage in Tennessee <laughs> is uh, fourth last. Uh, so maybe that's due for some regression. Maybe King Henry will punch one in here. And like you said, you know the Ravens have been dropping a ton of passes. I think it's like a 9% drop rate right now. So yeah, like Lamar Jackson's due mm-hmm. for 
some positive regression if, you know, his receivers can start catching the ball. Yeah, I mean, it was wild against Pittsburgh. I mean, Bateman dropped one. Uh, t- in the end zone, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he, it was like, there were a couple of plays, and some of them were caught, but there were a couple of plays where guys were jumping as they were catching the ball, which I, I thought was weird. Mm-hmm. So just a, a lot to clean up uh, for that Raven offense. But uh, who do you got in the captain spot for this one? Well, I'm going with uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, because, you know, he's he's been battling an ankle injury, I think, for most of the season now. But last week, he, he looked much closer to 100%. He looked like his old self. Logged a season-high routes run rate of 97%. Had season highs and catches with 8 and yards and 140. So the stats backed it up uh, that he, he looks a lot closer to 100%. Maybe more just has better chemistry with Ryan Tannehill, too. Uh, he's also due for some positive touchdown regression. Doesn't have any on the season, uh, but he has seen two end zone targets. One of them was a uh, – he was kind of wide open on a flea flicker, just dropped it. So he's due for, you know, a big game with a touchdown. So I, I like using him in the captain slot here. Yeah, hot with good uh, last week. Uh, they looks like Traylon Burke's still not practicing yeah. uh, as we record this. So probably out yet another week. Uh, I'm going with Lamar here. Uh, I think he's going to be the highest scoring player in this game. And, you know, the fact that he can run, rush it in. And I think, though, I mean, Tennessee's run defense had been good up until last week when they just got <laughs> bludgeoned by the Colts. Now, Jeffrey Simmons and Tier Tart uh, are banged up, so that could explain it. But I think, you know, you kind of combine the fact that he's due for some regression with all the drops that, that occurred uh, last week especially. But also, it's Lamar Jackson, so... You know, this week after his receivers drop a bunch of passes, he might be a little more likely to scramble this week and just do it himself uh, than he was in in previous weeks. But also, you know, if if Tennessee gets a little healthier up front, that it's still going to be hard in the traditional run game for this team. So we'll, we'll see. But either way, I like Lamar. He's been playing well this year. He's got the second highest PFF grade. Uh, but also the third highest drop rate, as you mentioned, just over nine percent. And the Titans. 27th in DVOA on defense against the pass. So it's it's a good matchup all the way around for Lamar. And as we mentioned, I think both of these teams have been getting a little bit unlucky as far as scoring goes. So it is a low total game, but I think you could see a few more points than maybe we expect from the Vegas total, especially on the Baltimore side. So rolling with Lamar here. Yeah, I think anytime you, you have a quarterback with high rushing touchdown upside, I mean, he has four on the season. That's always great for the captain slot uh, because when he scores a touchdown, no one else gets those points. So, uh, yeah, he's a great play here. All right, who do you like for value? Um, so for value, I'm going to go with uh, Tajay Spears uh, just because this does set up as a, a potential game script for him where, you know, the Titans could be playing from behind. Uh, he's obviously operated as the main pass catching back for the Titans this year. So uh, he could outsnap snap uh, Derrick Henry just based on the game script. He's also been eating into Henry's early down work uh, more than any really Titans backup we've seen. Um, so, you know, he, he's a great play in himself. And I, I kind of expected that the fact that the Titans picked him in the third round kind of indicated that they planned, you know, using him right out of the gates. Um, I still think Derrick Henry is a potential trade candidate. So, Spears could uh, be the workhorse back later in the season, but uh, I think he he's just he's also super talented. Again, he was a third round back for a reason, so he's talented enough to post uh, you know GPP type winning numbers with just five to t- ten touches here. 
And again, this this does set up as a, a better game script for uh, Spears. Yeah, he's definitely been getting that passing down work uh, over Henry. Henry usually still gets like a screen or two, like a design pass play, but you know he's yeah. not in a game on those obvious passing downs or a lot of the, the two-minute drill either. Uh, I like Zay Flowers. He is 8200 on, on DK, pretty affordable. Uh, he's run... He's been on the field pretty much every passing play over the last few weeks, and, and that was true even last week with Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham returning to the lineup. Uh, Tennessee is dead last in DVOA against number one wide receivers. They're allowing the second most schedule adjusted receiving yards per game to, to number ones at 110. And, you know, when you look at this Baltimore receiving core, it's really Mark Andrews and Zay Flowers at this point. Odell Beckham does not look the same. I know he's getting over an injury, but if you just watch him run routes, he's not getting much separation. He's not moving as fast or as quickly as we expect in his prime. And Bateman, I, I don't know if he's been right for, you know, since early last year. He just It just hasn't seemed right for him. Every he, He's not really making it through games these days. I don't know if he's getting benched because he's not playing well or what, but it seems like ever since he got that injury last year, he just, his snap rates are, are down even when he does play. He's leaving games with injuries. He's dropping passes. So I think Zay Flowers is the guy that Lamar Jackson trusts to get open in that receiving core, uh, especially down the field. You know, we saw quite a few uh, uh, op- uh, attempts where Zay was open last week against Pittsburgh. They connected on some. They didn't connect on others. But either way, I think Zay Flowers is uh, is the guy outside of Mark Andrews here uh, in this receiving core. And also, I think Gus is interesting here as a contrarian play. Gus Edwards at, at 5,200, you know, he's – pretty cheap for a guy that's been getting double digit touches each of the last four weeks even with justice Hill back the last two weeks Gus has gotten 15 and 12 carries and Tennessee they're really not giving up a ton of targets or, or catches to running backs so this does set up as more of an Edwards game and also as you mentioned uh, Baltimore could be playing from ahead here so you know after they throw a backbreaking interception on the first goal line fade that Lamar Jackson has ever thrown in his life. Uh, that was last week that, that played a Beckham. I, I don't think Todd Munkin calls that again. I think he probably, <laughs> it's going to be either Lamar uh, or, or, or probably Gus. I know Justice Hill's actually been mixing in a bit in the mm-hmm. goal line, but I, I do think Gus is the better, the better fit for this matchup, especially if Simmons and Tartar are banged up, even if they do play, I think you want, you know, like a physical back like Gus Edwards to carry it up the middle and test those guys because they were bad against the Colts and, and Zach Moss last week, and that's just not something we've seen from the Titans. So I do think Gus, even though the matchup on paper doesn't necessarily stand out uh, a ton, I think he's cheap enough uh, and good, you know, and a good match for this potential game script. Uh, and I don't think his, especially with Justice Hill having a pretty good game last week, I, at, at around the same price, I think uh, Gus's ownership might be a little bit lower this week so like him as well yeah and his his efficiency should start to creep back up because they, they were dealing with some pretty significant offensive line injuries the first few weeks but now with you know stanley and linderbaum back uh we should you know gus is always banked on extreme efficiency and we should see that start to creep back up going forward yeah uh you could kind of like jk dobbins type type same numbers as him mm, yeah. uh you know like get over five yards of carry don't catch too many passes but uh yeah 
Uh, okay, who do you like for Darth Rose? Do you like darts, Ted? Oh, okay, I'm more of a, you know, a cornhole man myself. Yeah. Uh, so sort of piggybacking your Zay Flowers call, uh, obviously this guy is nowhere near as talented as Zay Flowers, but uh, I'm going to go with Nelson Aguilar. Um, basically because, you know, Rashad Bateman and Odell Beckham returned to the lineup last week, but they're still, neither one is really 100%. I, I don't know if Bateman's going to be right all year. He, he is coming off that Liz Frank surgery, so... It's been Aguilar who's really been, you know, the number two receiver. I think he's showed pretty good chemistry with Lamar Jackson. Um, so, you know, last week he he caught four balls for 64 yards. Uh, so he's a guy where, you, you know, I, I'm assuming Bateman and Beckham will be active again. So it, on paper, it'll look like, you know, Aguilar's the number four wide receiver. Why would you take him? But uh, again, he, he's been effectively been the number two wide receiver. So I think they lean on him. Again here, uh, not really expecting a big game, but this this is a slate where there's not too many weapons. So I think Aguilar is pretty sneaky as a, a dart throw here. Yeah, I got to stop jinxing these wide receivers because I remember <laughs> we were talking in the offseason and I was like, watch, watch Nelson Aguilar be like the number two receiver. And oh, I, was, yeah. I, was just, I was just joking. Same thing when I was like, watch Van Jefferson lose his job. Like, I was just kind of joking <laughs> around. And like, these things have been coming to fruition. So I need to just shut up about these like backup receivers. But you're well, right. Is, it, <laughs> is Aguilar the, uh, the Zach Pascal rule? <laughs> Ah, he's I mean I think he's so I think he's a better receiver than Zach Pascal I I think the reason Zach Pascal gets so much love from well I mean in Arizona he's only playing about 20 percent of the snaps but in the past I think the reason he got so much love from coaching staff is because he's a very good blocker or in the run game you know kind of reminds me of uh who was that receiver on Washington back in the day I think his name was something Morgan was it Quincy Morgan uh something Morgan now, now, now it's going to bother me. I got to check. I got to look it up. Man, I'm stumped on that one. Josh Morgan. Josh Morgan. Oh, Josh Morgan. I remember Morgan. Josh Morgan from the like er, late 2000s, early 2010s. Late 2000s? Was yeah, he, he like catch... just like a two-week flash in the pan kind of guy? No, no. So he would – he his, his career numbers, he would <laughs> catch between about – you know, anywhere from 20 to 50 passes a year. And, like, he would be starting every game. And he never caught more than three touchdowns. Oh. But, yeah, he would – year after yeah. year. He had a he had a pretty – like, a pretty long – like, 2008 to 2014 career. And he started most of that time with the Niners and, and Washington. And it was basically because he was a good run blocker. So, that's Zach Pascal. But, anyway, Nelson Aguilar is <laughs> a better receiver than that. Yes. Uh, this is a great matchup. You know, Tennessee's been struggling on the back end. Uh, I mean, every time I watch them, I, I feel like they're just giving up long third down conversions, which is Lamar's specialty. So, yeah, I think Nelson Aguilar uh, will make, makes a lot of sense here. And he did run the second most – oh, he was right there with Beckham for the that number two yeah. receiver. Bateman was the guy who only ran around him 34% of the dropbacks. Again, I don't know if that was a benching. I don't know if that was an injury or what because I, we've seen this in the past. Yeah, probably a mixture of both, to be honest. Yeah. But uh, Beckham, 64% is probably where he's topping out because he's all banged up this week. So, um, yeah, I think I'm projecting Aguilar to be right around there again this week, 60%, until Beckham and or, you know, Bateman can prove they can get through a full game. Yeah, and I mean, I don't even have them written down, but I wouldn't even be surprised if 
Devin Duvernay mixes in mm. for a couple more snaps. It's interesting though. The, the another guy that seems to be in the doghouse outside of ba- Bateman is uh, Isaiah Likely. You know, yeah. you would think you would think that in this like in in this offense, if the receivers are struggling, especially mm-hmm. that week when everyone's banged up, you would see more likely. That hasn't happened. His snaps have gone down every week. Yep. He's not he's not blocking well either. So um, that that could be potentially what the cause of, of that is. But yeah, I think it's you're definitely looking for value from these receivers at this point because we can't trust uh likely yeah. and, and the third string tight end doesn't even uh get active status on a, a lot of game base charlie collar so yep. uh i'm going with kyle phillips though uh, as official dart throw uh because you know came off the injured reserve last week his first game back he ran around 38 percent of the dropbacks shout out to chris moore for still <laughs> playing a full game and uh, holding it down for my convince me prop and go under two and a half receptions with exactly zero receptions. But he's a guy who, you know, he's pri- he's priced up more. If if Burks continues to miss, which it looks like he may, then Moore will probably still continue to be out there. And he's but he's more they're using him ex- almost exclusively as a deep shot clear out guy this year. So he's really not getting a ton of targets. I think Kyle Phillips is the guy who gives them something that they haven't had. And I, I wouldn't be surprised to see his snap rate climb and him to just become the, you know, number, the official like slot receiver, number three guy. Cause number one, Chiga Conco cannot, uh, you know, run a route up the middle without pushing off and committing an offensive pass interference. I think <laughs> it did it twice in that Coles game. So I'm a little worried about him going forward. Um, more, you know, is more of a deep shot guy. Akide is playing well, um, but I think they really could use uh, a higher percentage route runner in the intermediate and short areas to help out Ryan Tannehill. So he doesn't have to fit all these passes in, you know, sideline and deep down the field and flea flicker and all that. Like <laughs> they just had a guy who could just run a drag route and pick up, you know, seven, eight yards, which Kyle Phillips can. I yeah. think that would help the offense a lot because it, it has been touch and go for the the Titans offense. So I think Kyle Phillips, both from a schematic perspective, um, and just, you know, based on what we saw last week, uh, is trending upward. So like him at min price this week. Yeah, you, you have to figure they were just easing him back in. So his 40% routes run rate is probably his floor at this point. So, yeah, it'll probably go up. Uh, although he did, he only saw one target and it was 20 yards downfield. So, uh, again, they're kind of giving him sort of the Chris Moore treatment. But going forward, I, I agree with you. They probably do need more of a, a traditional slot receiver getting those like underneath targets. Yeah, I mean it's the Titans' offense is a little disjointed right now, you know, with the injuries and <laughs> yeah. the you know Henry not playing well, and it's funny because like the one the the biggest concern I feel like was Chris Hubbard on that on that right side, and he's actually been great, <laughs> and everyone else in that offense is struggling. So it's you know that that's the NFL for you, but yeah, I think uh, I think Phillips eventually settles in as as that as a slot receiver and he'll probably be out there for 50 60 percent of yep. the time some weeks uh again Westbrook Akine is playing pretty well so that's the one wrinkle but I think Burks may just not be like a 95 percent you know no, wide receiver two either anymore because uh Akine you know can mix in so yep. we'll see how that goes but so uh, let's go to Sunday night football we got the Giants at the Buffalo Bills the Buffalo Bills are favored by forever uh 14 to be exact <laughs> The total is 44 and a half, 8.20 p.m. Eastern, Sunday Night Football, NBC, luck rankings. No real super edge, although Buffalo has been pretty unlucky. They're 27th. The Giants are middle of the pack at 13th. Maybe even the 
But uh, who do you like in the captain's spot in this game? I'm going to have to go with my boy Gabe Davis here. Um, you know, he's managed to stay under the radar a bit this year, uh, d- despite scoring a touchdown now in four straight games. Uh, I, I know everybody moved on from him uh, <laughs> after last year. You know, we were drafting him in the wide receiver 25 range, but he finished wide receiver 27. Uh, so shame on him, I guess. But like I admit, I, I came up with some excuses for him uh, this offseason. <laughs> you know, he had a stretch. He was, he was playing through a pretty serious ankle injury. I thought he was going to yeah. miss a handful of games, but he played through it. So his you know efficiency took a hit. Then Josh Allen injured his elbow, so he wasn't really throwing downfield. So good half the season was wiped out with Gabe and Josh Allen injuries, but both are healthy right now. They're, they're firing all cylinders. He's, uh, you know, the wide receiver 12 on this season. Now this probably isn't the matchup where Josh Allen should be chucking it up, uh, you know, to Gabe Davis as much, but, uh, you know, they're, they're just playing really well right now. So got to go with them. Uh, he's already had a handful of captain worthy games this year. And I think he's a nice pivot option. If you don't, go with digs in the captain slot. I think Gabe Davis is probably the next best bet. Yeah. I mean, Josh, I was chucking it up every game and they're coming, right, off, right. A, they're coming off a loss. True. So that's a little, <laughs> a little, you know, I think there will be a little bit more urgency yeah. uh, before this Buffalo bill team this week. Uh, I got to go with, with Stefan Diggs. You know, he's just been immaculate this year. And, you know, he was mad at himself for running a, a, a bad route of one of the wrong routes on one of his, uh, plays late in the game and, and it looked like, you know, people were like, oh, is he having another one of those blowups? And Josh Allen came to his defense. So, you know, Diggs is going to want to come out hot yet again <laughs> and, uh, and shut everybody up. But the Giants are bottom four in DVOA against number one wide receivers. Diggs has six or more catches and 66 or more yards in every game. So he is uh, Satan, I guess. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he's got a hundred, he's got a hundred, four hundred yard receiving games on the year out of five games played. So he's just been balling, straight up balling out. And this giant cornerback corpse, you know, Dory Jackson is okay, but generally they've been struggling uh, all year. So I know it is a you know a heavy, heavily favored Buffalo Bill team. But again, coming off a loss, I don't think they're gonna necessarily take the Giants lightly or just, you know, sit on the ball, especially early in the game. They'll, they'll still throw to get a lead, and I think Diggs can carve up the secondary. And you know he's going to get some man coverage, too, against mm. this giant defense that loves to blitz but doesn't really get home anyway. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, like like me some Stefan Diggs this week. Who you like for value? And I should mention uh, Daniel Jones did not practice Uh-oh. Wednesday. Does not look like he's going to play um, – May, he might be d- done for the season. Uh, it's oh, kind of ominous, ominous right now. I mean, uh, I saw an article or a tweet where somebody compared his comments with this neck injury because it's similar to the one he had a couple years ago and right. you know, kind of compared his comments and they were the same. I think he missed six games that year. And I mean, this the Giants season's already kind of down a drain. So I would be surprised if he plays this week. I would be surprised if he plays uh, for the next probably month or so at least. Damn. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, and don't, I could be wrong about this, but it's just kind of reading between reading the tea leaves. So looks like we're going to get a Tyrod Taylor revenge game. So I'll just preface, yeah. uh, you know, everything but by by mentioning that. Yeah, so, like. so uh, I'm going to go Darren Waller here. Um, I mean, he he's dealing with a growing injury. He might not even suit up. So he just... said. He, so he says he's going to play. He said. Okay. So it looks like Waller probably is in. Saquon Barkley is practicing. He's not a hundred percent, but. 
Uh, most, you know, most of the people yeah. close to the team think he is uh, tentatively going to make his return. It looks like Daniel Jones is looking more, I would say, on the wrong side of questionable, and uh, I think Andrew Thomas is as well, looking looking doubt- oh, more doubtful than questionable. Damn. Well, yeah, I think either way, Waller's roster shit might be down, especially if there's a big red queue and you know the hospital sign there. So uh, <laughs> I, I think I think it's 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 a good time to take him here because. He finally flashed his massive upside last week with the eight catch, eighty six yard game. Uh, who knows? Tyrod Taylor might like throw to him more, so uh, it can't get much worse for the Giants this year. Uh, and you know the Bills are typically a tough matchup for tight ends, but um, you know they trade away Tremaine Edmund, or Tremaine Evans signed with the Bears in the offseason. Yeah, uh, and now Matt Milano is placed in the IR, so th- this matchup could be easier for tight ends going forward. Uh, and Waller is practically a wide receiver, so. Uh, I like him here, and th- this should be, once again, another pass-heavy game script uh, for the Giants. And Tyrod does use his legs, but probably not going to scramble quite as much as Daniel Jones, which could mean, you know, an extra target or two for someone like Waller. Yeah, and you know, if, Ty- if if Tyrod plays, I actually like Tyrod as, as a value. Oh, yeah. you know, a little, little yeah. bit cheaper than Daniel Jones, like you said, should run a little more. And it, I, it just can't get any worse, so just getting, like, some <laughs> like a different quarterback in there, yeah. le- a little less traumatized – uh, quarterback in the air. Um, how are you? Uh, I just have to. How are you feeling as a Giants fan right now? I'm just checking in on you. Oh, I mean, it's <laughs> like the good. The good thing about betting is that you're a fan of yeah. whoever you're betting on every True. week. Um, <laughs> but it, you know, I, I kind of knew that like we overperformed our roster talent last year. It's just that the, the thing I am a little bit baffled about is I thought last year Brian Dable. I mean, and you know, well, he won Coach of the Year, so it wasn't just I thought. Everyone thought he was just doing a great job. And this year I have not, I have not liked the game plans. I, I, I just feel like this team has come out unprepared week in, week out. So I, that's kind of my worry is just, um, you know, what exactly is going on with the coaching staff this year? And Daniel Jones especially looks like he's regressed. I mean, when he got that tablet thrown on him, um, yeah. you know, that was kind of, and then like, but it's at the same time, it's like, bro, you just got, well, you, I know, I know we have an out after two years and that's, that's also not that why I don't feel too bad. I think Shane has done a good job. Um, you know, cause we have a, a lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. We gave Daniel Jones 160 mil over four years, but we have an out after second, the second year. So if we tank this year, get a high pick, we could draft a quarterback and, you know, be done with Jones after ne- he could sit for a year or whatever, you know, getting Jones to be the backup. So um, I don't, I'll, long-term I'm fine, but I, I don't know what's going on this year. It's, it's, it's yeah. kind of a dumpster fire. But uh, yeah, like uh, like Tyrod, I think Darius Slayton is interesting. Buffalo's dead last against wide receiver ones in DVOA. Slayton has been the one giant receiver uh, continuing to earn consistent playing time. His routes run rate has been over 80% this season where everyone else is kind of Kansas City chiefing it up. Just, you know, right around, <laughs> we're just mixing in just yeah, anywhere from like yeah. 20 to 50, 60% uh and buffalo also their the the weakness in their zone defense tends to be on the right side uh the offense is right that's where slayton tends to see the majority of his targets so uh, i think slayton is a good play and on the other side the bills defense i mean you can't forget about the bills defense in this spot number one coming off a loss i think they'll be fired up even though they have suffered some injuries but the giants allowing uh, an nfl high seven and a half sacks per game uh sack rate over 15 percent so you know tyrod taylor most scrambling quarterbacks tend to take a lot of sacks anyway so even if it is tyrod taylor i think the offensive line still an issue so uh, i do think uh, tyrod will still get 
taken down and uh you know he hasn't played in a while so could also turn the ball over a few times so love this uh bill's defense as well who do you like for dark throws uh so i think both bills backup running backs are in play here uh with the bills just being such big favorites but i'll, I'll go with latavius murray uh just because you know he's he's seen the most rush attempts inside the five they've kind of rotated the backs around the goal line but he's you know seen four attempts so um, he seems like the better bet for, you know, a vulture touchdown. Uh, and he's also been eating into James Cook's passing down work more the past couple of weeks. Obviously, that's less valuable when they're favored by two touchdowns. But, uh, you know, Murray could potentially have a couple receptions here, goal line score in this game, uh, which would be more than enough to need him, you know, in order to take down the GPPs for this slate. So I- I'm going to go with Latavius Murray here. You know, Bills have been mixing in uh, all three backs. Uh, I like I like Damon Harris as well. You know, he did get the last drive of that mm. big blowout against Miami. So that's a kind of a game script that we could follow here as well. And the Giants, in addition to being bad against the pass, they are 29th in run defense, DVOA as well. So, I mean, it's just been a mess on defense for the Giants. And uh, on their side, I think Jalen Hyatt is an interesting play here. You know, he did not get a target last week against the Dolphins, but he ran a season high 60% uh, of the routes per dropback. So his playing time is trending up here, especially if it's Tyrod. I'm sure they've spent time together Mm -hmm. working on the second team. His average depth of target is 20. So if they can ever get a max protect or something where they can take a shot. And at this point, I think you have to. I know McDermott does like to limit explosives, but at this, you have to do something here. (laughs) <laughs> with your with your best players and get them the ball. And I think Hyatt is one of those guys. And Wandale Robinson's been a little banged up as well this week. So uh, you know, Hyatt would kind of be that that top speed gadget type of guy in this matchup. So uh like Hyatt as well. Yeah, I mean anytime there's a showdown slate with the Giants on it, you have to use Hyatt. And the fact that he only has two catches for ten yards the past three games combined means his roster ship will probably be too low here. So got gotta use him here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, let's go to Monday Night Football. We've got the Cowboys at the Chargers. Uh, Cowboys favored by two. The total is 58-15 Eastern on ESPN. The luck rankings have the Cowboys are 22nd. The Chargers are the sixth luckiest. So a bit of an edge for Dallas here, about 24%. Luck be a lady tonight. And uh, it's the fourth best matchup of in terms of luck rankings mm. for week six. But uh, who do you like in the captain spot? Uh, I'm going to go with Keenan Allen here. Uh, just because He came back down to earth a little bit last week. He only caught three balls for 32 yards. He didn't catch Did... any balls last week. What? He didn't catch any balls oh, last oh, week. Oh, I mean, his last game, week four. <laughs> I, I was nowhere to be found last week yeah, either. Right, so yeah, you I, took I had, a week off. Yeah. I, I had a bye week too. Uh, but he did, you know, he managed to score a touchdown to salvage his day in fantasy. But either way, I, I think he should bounce back with a big game here. Um you know, it, it, it's going to be, you know, obviously a tougher matchup on paper against the Cowboys, but th- this is a game where, you know, the Chargers are going to have to uh, be a little bit more pass heavy, 
uh, be aggressive on offense, you know, to keep up with the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys themselves are going to bounce back, uh, you know, alluding to the luck rankings. But, uh, yeah, I think Keenan Allen's the way to go here in the captain slot. Yeah, for me, it was between – I love Keenan Allen every, each and every week. I think yeah. he's my wide receiver five this week. Uh, but uh, as far as the captain, is kind of between Pollard and CeeDee Lamb for me. And I'm going CeeDee Lamb because, I, you know, hmm. he had the, what, five targets against the Niners. And I, I thought Dak was missing him on some throws where he could have let it rip and, you know, Lamb was open. A lot of people are like, okay, what's going on in Dallas? Is it McCarthy? I mean, some of the route combinations are a little suspect, but – I think the biggest issue is just Dak is sped up. You know, he's he's kind of going like one read check down a lot more and there's throws that could be made that he's missing. So I think, you know, when they watch the film, they're going to see that. And CeeDee Lamb's the the squeaky wheel. So I think he's going to get that that treatment against his Charger defense that is 20th in DVOA against wide receiver ones. So uh, give me some CeeDee Lamb bounce back this week. Yeah, I think he should bounce back. But did you see the uh, Jerry Jones interview? I I know oh, I, I haven't oh, seen they, it. They say. Well, they asked him like, uh, "Do you think CD Lamb should get more involved?" Uh, and he said, "I don't know about that. I like seeing the ball go to tight ends." So he's just being a jerk. But um, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay, <laughs> can't okay. read it that much. But yeah, I, I agree. CD Lamb is definitely due for a breakout game. I mean, at this point, I feel like if I was Jerry, I'd be a little peeved, too, because, you know, back in the right. day, it was always like, oh, you know, Jerry's ruining his team, this and that. But <laughs> I feel like they've done a pretty good job of assembling a roster recently, and now the roster's just underperforming. Yep. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But I, I do expect Lamb and, and Pollard, I, I think, to, to have good games both. Um, who do you like for values? Uh, I'm going with Quentin Johnson here. Um, you know, w- once Mike Williams went down, we predictably saw his routes run rate shoot way up to 70%. Uh, only caught one ball for 18 yards, though. Uh, I-, I think he's still a bit of a raw prospect. I mean, he has loads of talent, but he's not quite there yet. So it might be a little bit more time before he truly breaks out. But I think the the fact that the Chargers are coming out of the bye, you've, you've talked about that. You know, rookies tend to get more involved after the bye. So they, they have... A little extra time to at least prepare the rookie for his expanded role the rest of the season. So this is a spot where I think it's a good time to invest in him. Um, you know, I'm not expecting the eight catch, hundred yard, three touchdown game quite yet from him, but uh, he is due for some positive touchdown regression. He's seen two end zone targets yet to you know convert either one yet, but he's a guy that eventually it's going to happen. He's going to have you know a breakout game, uh, and it could be here. So I think Quentin Johnson's a great play uh, for the the single game slate. Yeah, I like I like Palmer as well. Um, mm. I think Palmer is you know the Dallas is the Dallas defense has been pretty man heavy this year. Palmer is second among active Charger receivers with ten targets against man. Uh, the next highest is three, so it's really been Keenan and and Palmer against man coverage. Now Dallas could obviously switch it up, but um, I do think you know as you alluded to, you know Johnson hasn't broken out yet. I, I think Palmer is the guy uh, Herbert probably trusts the most after Keenan yeah. Allen. Parham is banged up. Everett's snap rate has been down a bit as well, uh, although he's been playing well. But, uh, yeah, uh, Palmer for me uh, in terms of values. Uh, what do you, who do you like for dart throws? Y'all take your darts over here pretty seriously, huh? Uh, I'm actually going with Rico Dowdle here uh, just because, you know, I, I do agree that Pollard is due to break out of this funk, but he, he has really struggled this year, at least compared to last season, only averaging 4.2 yards per carry. 
Uh, his avoided attacker rate ranks 59th out of 66 qualified backs. You just have to wonder if, you know, his efficiency is taking a bit of a hit just due to his offseason tire up surgery. Uh, you know, it, it could take him some time to regain his form. So there's a chance we could see Dowdle start to see, you know, an increased workload. Um, and, you know, Pollard has only scored twice on his nine rush attempts inside the five. You would have to imagine he's just due for positive touchdown regression, but there's a chance they start giving someone like Dowdle uh, some more goal line looks uh, just because they think maybe Pollard's, Pollard's struggling there. Um, either way, I, I would still bet on Pollard rebounding in all of these facets, but there is a non-zero chance that we could see Dowdle's role get a short-term boost while they try to figure this out. So I, I think he's worth a flyer, at least on the one-game slate here. Yeah, I mean, Dowd is just, it's kind of, you know, there's some teams where they don't really care who's in the game at what point. And I think the Cowboys <laughs> have become one of those teams where it's like, yeah. if if Pollard needs a, a blow and, you know, they're at, they're in in scoring position, they'll just bring Dowd mm-hmm. to it. And I believe he already has a, a touch, a receiving touchdown up in, yep. up in close. So, uh, yeah, he's been, and he's been, he's looked good. He's looked good. He's So, you know, po- another issue for Pollard could be not just the offseason surgery, but the workload. I mean, in the first three weeks, he had 72 touches, yeah. uh, right? Yeah. And that's just, you know, he's kind of, he's two, I mean, he's six foot, 209. It's not, he's not huge. Uh, he's a little kind of slender, not, not as like low to the ground as some back. So that could just be taken uh, a toll as well. So that's another, you know, reason that Dowdle could continue to see, see a role here. Uh, I like a couple guys, a couple cheap receivers in this on the slate uh Jalen Tolbert for the Cowboys there's no Cavante Turpin uh, he got hurt so I, I do think Tolbert you know, he'll be that number four receiver and Michael Gallup has been struggling to separate a little bit um Brandon Cooks they're just I don't know they're, they're, it's not really an offense suited for him this West Coast scheme so I think Tolbert you know even it's, if it, he'll definitely probably pick up Turpin's snaps and uh, Jalen Brooks, I don't, uh, I don't think he'll get more than a few snaps, but uh, I think Tolbert could potentially start eating into guys like Gallup or or even Cooks, just because I think Tolbert has given them a little bit more, and he's improved uh, significantly since last season. So he's a guy I wouldn't be surprised if he starts becoming more involved, kind of like a remember Cedric Wilson a couple years yeah. ago as a, as the number four still was pretty involved. So wouldn't be surprised to see Tolbert kind of go into that role the day two. Uh, pick that they uh you know they spent some draft capital on last season and uh on the chargers Darius Davis looked really good early on in that game a couple weeks ago against the Raiders so I wonder if he's earned himself some more playing time uh as well he had 51 yards on on three carries Uh, I think most of that came on one carry actually to open (laughs) the game but he has that kind of speed uh he's kind of like a Kamonte Turpin uh for the chargers actually and Mm -hmm. uh, he also caught uh two passes for 16 yards on his two targets. So he had 70, uh, 67 yards, excuse me, uh, in the first game without Mike Williams. So, you know, talk about rookies coming out of the bye. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, if they were, if the, Davis has put out better film, I think this year than, uh, than Johnson. So I wonder if it's more of a, mm. maybe like a 60, 40 split for that number three receiver. I, like Davis is undersized. So the run blocking could be an issue. That That's mm-hmm. the one thing, but I do think he gives that that offense some juice, and on a one game slate, that's that's really what we're looking for. Eckler will probably be back, so that that's another guy that will give him some juice. But I do think Davis uh, is a guy that they probably want to get 
a little more involved now that they're down one of their top weapons in in Mike Williams. Yeah, I felt like he was kind of um, taking over the like Austin Eckler role, kind of. Um, like in week three, I noticed that the running backs only combined for thirty six percent routes run rate. Um, so I wonder if like Davis was kind of seeing like those Austin Eckler snaps. He was getting all of his targets behind the line of scrimmage. So I, yeah, I don't know. I think Austin Eckler's return might, you know, hinder him a bit, but uh, yeah, he looked really good. So there's a chance that, uh, you know, he, he at least starts eating into Quentin Johnson's uh, routes run rate. But I, I do think Austin Eckler's return could, could hinder him a bit. Let's see the charger running backs played. So they were, yeah, so they were in on 88% of the pass snap. So they blocked a ton. Um, that's, that's kind of what the, why the, the rate was that because the Raiders do play, uh, like the Cowboys, a bunch of man coverage that tends to be, you know, blitzes tend to be more involved. Um, so running backs tend to run less routes. But yeah, 88% means there was more like empty or, or just yeah, running backs. Yeah. Um, you know, so yeah, that's so, um, so yeah, that, I mean, that could be a thing. But yeah, it's, I mean, on a one game, so I'm just looking for some gadget plays <laughs> at, at worst. But yeah. I, yeah, I do think there's a chance at least that Davis um, kind of. Yeah, and he's, he's the in. returner. He's the returner too. Yep, so yep. he has a path to touch on that way. Yeah, I mean, we probably won't get some, uh, some some more Dak picks this week after he throws three last week. Because what, what's he at on the season? Four. So, yeah, I, I have uh, him like under, I think, what is it, 12 and a half? So I need him to chill yeah. out. But, I mean, against the Niners, you kind of expect. Yeah. You kind of expect that. Right. But, uh, and if he gets, I mean, don't don't ever hope for it, but if he gets hurt and misses what he seems right. to do a lot, uh, that can help. Yeah, no but, kidding. Yeah, so that wraps it up for week six. Uh, of our night shift episode for more fantasy content from Sean and I, be sure to check out our full player projections episode out right now over on the action network podcast channel, our fantasy preview episode where we break down the main slate is out right here on the fantasy flex podcast action network.com for all of our NFL fantasy embedding content, fantasylabs.com for our DFS tools and models. You can follow Sean on X at the underscore oddsmaker. I'm at Chris Raybon. We're at those same handles on the free award winning Action Network app. Till next time, let's get this money. Action Network reminds you please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24 7 at 1 800 Gambler.